is good, Defenders? Welcome to episode 160, wow, of the most LAFC podcast on the airwaves, the earth. Philly likes to say the solar system. I don't know. I want to be global yeah, and international look, and cosmic. We're doing the best we can. The uh, the power cosmic of the infinity gauntlet that is LAFC. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert. Welcome to Defenders of the Bank, episode 160. And sitting to my direct left here in world-famous Philomonster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California, it's Christian Philly Philomon. I appreciate that introduction, my friend, and I got to tell you, I appreciate your energy. We are rolling from one studio in Burbank at XRM to another studio, Philomonster, which is literally like not even a mile down the road, right? to give you another depressing recap of an LAFC match, a match in which we had these grandiose ideas, a match that didn't work out in our favor, and we are here to commiserate with you. We are here to give you some glass half-full perspectives. We are here to pretty much say, burn it down, to some of the other things. Out there, but we're here, we're there, we're with you. We probably feel a lot of the same things that you do. Yep. We don't get paid by the club, contrary to what some other people think. We do not see a dime from LAFC. We do this on our own merit and out of our own pocket. But here we are giving you episode 160, an episode that I would have loved to have called the Pillage and Smurf Village 2.0, but we'd rather call it LFC gets smurfed at PayPal. Yeah, it was rough. We definitely felt the fees of PayPal Park today. 2-1, the loss for LAFC, and man, the frustration has to be growing for the black and gold faithful. We know that there are a lot of you that want some wholesale changes on this club. They want heads on a platter, yeah, I, dude, and I, I don't mean, blame look, them. We, we know that a lot of them want Bob out. That's not the way to go, we don't think, at least not yet. There's definitely a lot to be said about the team's execution or lack thereof, and I want to mention... You've heard me mention this quote on the podcast many, many times before. The 1962 New York Metropolitans, the first year that they were a franchise in Major League Baseball. If you don't know, Philly and I, diehard Mets fans. End of the season, <laughs> last for game. I believe it's game number 154 back then on the schedule in 1962. The Mets had had an awful awful game right I think they made like four or five or six errors something terrible three errors in a single inning and one of the reporters asked Casey Stengel the New York Mets manager longtime New York Yankees manager he won like I don't know eight World Series nine World Series a legend like that with the New York Yankees but with the Mets 1962 season ends and one of the reporters asks him hey Casey asking about the fielding of his team that day. How do you feel about your team's execution? And my favorite line is Casey says, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> okay. I know a lot of you right now are on the Casey Stangle bandwagon. We are in favor of the team's execution. Well, let me tell you this. We've got some good building blocks to build off of. We've got some incredible pieces here at LAFC. We saw Philly finally the debut of Chicho Arango. That's going to be a huge, huge asset for us moving forward. But Philly, today, 2-1, the loss up in San Jose, what we used to call Bank of California North. 
clearly a frustrating day for the fans of the black and gold. I mean, without a doubt. And you had several people of the 3252 taking the journey up north to PayPal Park. And you heard them. We clearly heard them loud and clear over the loudspeakers that were at 110 football. The 3252 was out there. They were much louder than whatever the uh, the fault liners or whatever the SG for the for the San Jose earthquakes are. Uh, we're going to give a shout out to the fault liners momentarily because there is something that was really nicely done philanthropically. More on that later. But yeah, man, it, it was it, it's tough. San Jose is a team that well we've we've played them around. We played them eight times. We've beaten them six. At this point, we've lost to them three straight times. And San Jose is a team that, despite the fact that they started the season out rather poorly, they have not, I repeat, not, capital letters, N-O-T, not, not. lost a game since they were defeated by the Galaxy 3-1 to on June 26th. Gross. June 26th today, we're recording on August the, well, the be, the, be the ninth momentarily, but that's a long time to go without losing any games. And Matias Almeida's troops getting getting things done on that 3-4-3, a system which is relentless, man-marking, hectic positioning, driving opposing defenses nuts. The players are really finding themselves in their own, but not only are they doing things and not losing matches, they added their firepower. And who do they bring on? The LAFC killer, Jeremy Obobese, coming into San Jose's offense. And that's got to make you shake somewhat. I mean, this guy's been a killer for us. Yeah, look, we're going to get into... Killer to us, rather. Yeah, we're going to get into the San Jose lineup. We're going to get into the match. But let's get into a couple of the staples that we like to do here on the podcast first. Wait, we're gonna, what? We're, no, not oh, yet. Oh, I prematurely jumped we're, the gun on that. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off on this game rather quickly. Don't worry. But first, let's get into a bit of this day in LAFC history. Philly mentioned, or I think I mentioned, that we are recording on what San Jose called Wando Day, 8-8. Sunday, August 8th, 2021. And August 8th, actually a pretty epic day in our club's history, it was August 8th of 2017 that on Carlos Vela's Instagram, he announced that LAFC would be his new team, complete with the now famous cap raise. That was August 8th, 2017. One year later, August 8th, 2019, it, this was one of the most infuriating matches I had ever seen as a fan of LAFC. LAFC falling to the Houston Dynamo in the semifinals of the Open Cup on PKs. Diego Rossi, the Herculean effort in the match. It was all Diego Rossi. We tied the match 3-3, and that was on a hat trick by Rossi. Sixth minute, 78th minute, and the 95th minute. It was an unreal effort by Diego Rossi. And then somehow, Laurent Simon and Latif Blessing missing on the fifth and eighth penalty kicks to allow Houston to advance 7-6 on PKs. That was the most frustrating match. And I remember where I was, actually, at the time. <laughs> you were at a Weezer concert, I was right? at a Weezer yeah, concert at the at Forum, and I flipped out. And I forgot I was in the middle of a crowded room of people. And it, it was just bad. If you've heard me tell the story before, you can go back. And Did you destroy to it. your sweater? I oh. <laughs> whoa whoa whoa! Acquired Josh Perez as a transfer from Fiorentina. LAFC did also on August eighth. 
we might have some some news about maybe uh, another LAFC player moving to somewhere in Serie A, maybe Fiorentina sometime soon. So August 8th, 2018, LAFC loses to Houston. They also acquired Josh Perez. And also on that date, Philly, and this is kind of sad for us now as we think back on it, that was the date that Mark Anthony Kay underwent his successful ankle surgery following the injury at Carson. More on Mark Anthony Kay in just a minute. On August 9th, because of course this episode is going to spill into August 9th, not like I have to work in the morning or anything, <laughs> Carlos Vela officially on August 9th, 2017, signs with LAFC as their first designated player. He completed the 2017 year with Real Sociedad, but he finished out that year and came right over to the black and gold, and the rest is absolutely history. How in the hell has it been four years, It's man? unreal that it's been that long. Philly, let's get into some news and notes, and I'm going to bring up some stuff about some former LAFC players, but I'm going to let you talk about the player who I have given my favorite nickname to in the history of LAFC. We'll get to him in just a minute, but let's talk about Christian Ramirez first, killing it for Aberdeen right now over in Scotland. Ramirez has played in five matches for Aberdeen, and in those matches, he's put away four goals for the Scottish club, which just leads me to believe that it's still early. Don't worry, he'll taper off soon. (laughs) I kind of hope he doesn't. I'm really happy for the kid. Aberdeen is undefeated in Scottish Premiership play, winning their first two matches of the year, and they've also dominated Europa League conference qualifying. It is early. Yeah, very early beating Swedish side Hacken on aggregate and now winning the first leg of qualifying against Icelandic side Bredeblik. And I'm sure I pronounced both of those wrong. Good on Christian Ramirez for making the best of a great opportunity with Aberdeen. Philly, you had mentioned this earlier, by the way. This isn't the player who I'm throwing it to you completely for yet. But let's talk about Adama Diamande, Philly. Yeah, so uh, there was a little bit of a hashtag sign Dio or bring back Dio that we were kind of pushing along with Damn several it. other people. And, you know, we, this wasn't anything that was completely unfounded, nor was it a pipe dream, nor was it just an idea that came out of nowhere. It really was given birth to the fact that, well, he expressed the desire to come back and conversations were going on back and forth. And he had talked to a couple of the supporters while playing video games. Dio's a very big gamer. And he did express the fact that he regretted leaving LAFC and that he wanted to come back. Obviously, uh, you know, things didn't materialize that way, and he ended up uh, finishing off his career in the Chinese Super League. But we saw earlier today that he is signed with a new club, and he will now be playing in the future, well, not the, yeah, in the future host country of the next World Cup, Qatar. Yep. He signed with Alcelia. SC. Thank you. You're welcome. Part of the first tier of the Qatar Stars League, and they, he is set to kick things off on September the 12th. So we're wishing Adama Diamande all the best. Clearly things didn't work out for the last place team in the Chinese Super League, but what we do know about Qatar is, well... There's money there, and obviously he is padding his pockets, and we have no doubt that Adama Diamande is going to make his impact felt in the Qatar Stars League. Yeah, look, Qatar is a a beautiful country, and it's Pan has been there, actually. Yeah, for completely different reasons than Adama Diamande is going there. Well, technically vacation while serving in Iraq. There you go. All the best to Dio. 
Mark Anthony K made his debut yesterday, Saturday, August 7th, in Colorado's matchup against Sporting Kansas City. He started in the midfield-ish because they kind of pushed him up on offense for quite a bit for Colorado. On the back line, by the way, starting for Colorado was his former teammate, Stephen Betashore. Max started and played the full 90 while Beta started and played the first 87 minutes before subbing out for Andre Shinyashiki. And in case you thought there was any drama in the match, there was not. It ended 0-0 and was an incredibly boring snooze fest of a match to watch. Also want to mention one of Philly's favorite players in LAFC history. After the DC United fell behind 1-0 to Montreal, it was Andy Nahar, of what? all people, what? who found the equalizer what? for DC in the 40th minute. And that, of course, propels DC to go on to win the match 2-1. So Andy, as you called him, Philly, Papel Nahar. Yeah, clearly he's uh, not necessarily made out of paper as much. I can't believe he scored. Like, that's, that's his home, though, right? He said over and over again he loves DC. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's been playing well. And I mean, Adrian Perez is over there. So, I mean, he, I know he got hurt at one point, but, but to see Andy Nahar, obviously, I don't wish anybody like ill will you if they don't. You kind of do to Andy Nahar. Let's I mean, it honest. was just frustrating because the guy would, could sprain something like looking at the 3252. It was just beyond frustrating. Look, but- he craned his neck quickly. They were chanting. It was a whole thing. I mean, I get it. I absolutely get it. But hey, he's doing his thing, and he ends up beating the Foot Clan, and well, DC goes on the win. So there you that's, go. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, we've also got two former LAFC players who go at it this weekend as Minnesota United took on Houston. Corey Baird now has suited up several times for Houston. He didn't do a whole lot in the match. However, as Philly <laughs> likes to say, however. By the way, real quick, Andy Nahar has one goal and three assists. Yeah. And he's played 1,183 minutes, 16 games played, 13 games started. Yeah, that's more minutes than any defender that Andy, we have this season. Andy, what the— what? Yeah, be nice. So Tyler Miller, Philly. Let's just let's just note this for a second. Registered another clean sheet for the Loons as they beat the Dynamo two nothing. His sixth clean sheet, unreal on the season. But Philly and y'all didn't like him. Y'all thought he was garbage. By the way, we heard a lot of wait, people a lot of people were saying a lot of nasty things to him when he was going around to like say hello to all the fans. That's unfortunate. Yeah, rather unfortunate. I mean, this guy honestly still our best keeper statistically. Yeah, and the fact that he continues on, he may with, be with Minnesota's best keeper statistically no, of all time. No kidding. I mean, Dane St. Clair ain't making the pitch he did not do it my former forward madison flamingo but philly speaking of things that are gross (laughs) Uh oh we've got the first player in lafc history oh yeah yeah. to cross the streams and if anything you've learned from ghostbusters it's to never cross the streams (laughs) my favorite nickname three umlauts himself nico hamalainen a kid who, by the way, I'm I'm calling it right now. He's going to do some really good things in football before he hangs it up. I think he's a really talented kid. However, Philly, not so stoked about the move he made over the last couple of days. No, so he came to us. All right, so he's had... He's had an interesting career. 2015, Nico Hamalainen. Well, Nico, 2015 on, he he was with Queens Park Rangers, QPR, at Loftus Road, a team that, well, you know, has seen some time in the premiership. Mainly not so much, but QPR. And then he gets loaned off 
to to another club, then ends up at LAFC in 2019, again as a loan, played in three games. Three and, whole matches. And he was part of that atrocious one nothing loss at BC Place in Vancouver, where it was him, Shaft Brewer, and it was, uh, who's the, the, the Jamaican player? Um, yeah, Peter Lee Vassell. Yeah, oh my God, how am I forgetting him? Reggae Boys, Peter Lee Vassell, yeah. That was a disastrous game, and shortly thereafter, I mean, we saw a lot of these guys depart, in particular Shaft Brewer, but he ends up going back out to Europe, and he ends up with a Scottish team, uh, Kilmarnock, also known as Killy. He does some does some things there, plays in 28 games, and then he, he's still part of Queen's Park Rangers at this point, still on the roster technically since 2015. He gets loaned out to the Galaxy. He's going from black and gold to blue and gold. Or no, it's blue and yellow. Well, it's I mean, there's uh, there's other more colorful language that was said on but our post. But it's not gold. Well, if you if you look at their official colors, stop it. I, I'm just quoting. All right, look, I could say it's the color of something that. Well, look, I'm not going to be family friendly, but you could kind of read in between the lines. He has not been a part of QPR in forever. He did also, by the way, feature uh, seven matches for the Finnish national team. Yeah, Heimalainen, somewhat decorated. Somewhat traveling, didn't make his mark in LAFC. Nice enough guy, but now that he crossed over and is a member of the Galaxy, Bye-bye. we have to make sure to welcome him. We have to make <laughs> sure he hears our welcomes very loudly when he comes back to Bank of California Stadium on August the 28th. Look, I loved it when we posted about it on our Instagram. A lot of people just commented with an owl. That's funny. I know he only played three matches for us, but all the best for him. Philly, let's, I wonder, by the way, if he's ever played with Robin Ludd. On the uh, on the Finnish national team together, but Philly, let's get right into it. Let's rip off the band aid. Let's get into the match. LAFC traveling north, more like cover the scars. Brother. Oh my goodness, to PayPal Park, which we used to call Bank of California North or Smurf Village, to take on San Jose, Matias Almeida and his. Uh, sometimes it's a four three 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 four three. He likes He's to, a 3-4-3 three, three kind of a he, nut. He really is. He loves that 3-4-3. Three, three. Philly, look, it's a team that we dominated the first five matches we ever played them. We won. We've now lost our last three. It is a rough go for LAFC lately against San Jose. I mean, look, it's been a rough go against most people, or for us against most people. LAFC just not playing very well. And Philly, let's get into the lineups. Let's get into first... The three four three of San Jose, the fellow Georgetown Hoya goalkeeper JT Marchinkowski, who has had some U.S. Men's National Team oh, camp Hoya, experience down. lately. Osvaldo Alanis, Tanner Beeson, Nathan Cardoso. You will hear the name Nathan a couple of times. Jackson Ewell, who I hmm. guess should kind of be a fan favorite for LAFC. Hmm. Congratulations on your 100th. More on that later. Judson, Shay Salinas, who is quickly becoming one of those players that I am not a fan of ever. He's got so many records for San Jose. He Scar- does. He's played there for like 37 years. If Wondolowski is Captain America, Shay Salinas is Bucky. You are absolutely right. That is the, the Bucky to Chris Wondolowski's Captain America. Luchi Abakashis, Javier Chofis. Lopez, and, and someone's got to help me figure out why Chofis is the nickname. I don't know what that means. Christian Espinosa and Cade Cowell, the two Killers. MLS All-Stars Killers. for San Jose that are so much fun to watch. In the 18, a guy you might have heard of, Chris Wondolowski. We'll also see a little bit of Eric Remedy in this match, along with Carlos Fierro and Paul Marie. 
That is the lineup for the San Jose Earthquakes Philly LAFC. Okay, so you should be happy to know that that 5-3-2 hybrid no longer came into play for this match. We went back to old reliable. And thankfully, we didn't get murdered. But all right, we go back into a 4-3-3. In between the pipes, we got Thomas Romero. got Kim Hoon Wan, Jesus David Murillo back from that hamstring injury. Tristan Blackman and Cheeky Palacios. Midfield, we have Pancho Janela, Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta. And up front, Brian Rodriguez, Carlos Vela, and da-da-da-da-da-da, our new signing, Chicho Arango. Starting for Diego Rossi. Didn't think that we'd see Chicho right off the bat, but hey, he uh, obviously his visa cleared, so he was a nice welcomed addition to the roster. We'll talk more about that soon. Subs, we had Pablo Cisniega. We had Mama Dufal, Diego Rossi. Latif Blessing, back from his travels to Ghana. Welcome back. Danny Musovsky, Marco Farfan, Raheem Edwards, newly signed from NYCFC, Sebastian Ibiaga, a guy who has been solid for NYCFC. He played in eight games, started three this season. He was a USL Defender of the Year in 2017, a welcomed addition to add depth to that back line. We had Alvaro Casada, and of course, newly signed from the Las Vegas, Mr. Chrysostomo. Welcome to LAFC. Second game on the bench. That is your LAFC lineup. Look, we kind of started this with our last match with Sporting KC, and... We're going to walk you through the first half. It might not necessarily be a complete minute-by-minute breakdown, but what we loved is through the first five, six minutes of the match, Philly, we saw Chicho Arango kind of announce his presence with relative authority. He didn't put one in the back of the net right away, but in the six-minute, Philly, he pounces on one on a turnover, but kind of sprayed it across the mouth of the goal. We saw LAFC... (laughs) Sprayed it's one way of putting it. ...coming out pressing pretty high... And, you know, we we got away with one Philly in the ninth minute. Jackson Ewell hitting one off the crossbar after a great pass from Cade Cowell. Making moves. Jackson Ewell hasn't done a whole lot with San Jose this year, although he has looked pretty decent with the U.S. men's national team. It's a champion. Yeah, and Philly, in the 10th minute, look, I, I didn't think it should be a yellow card, but as Vince and I were talking about today when we were prepping for the postgame show, on the 110 Football YouTube channel, I thought and he thought it was a foul either way. So the foul in that spot is going to give you the free kick, Philly. And you mentioned this on the pregame show. You mentioned needing to make sure that we are able to shut down set pieces for San Jose. And clearly, Philly, in the 11th minute, that didn't happen. No, and we were seeing red on that soft yellow on Jesus David Murillo. But like you said, it was a foul one way or another. The yellow card thing was a bit questionable because we know Murillo's accumulated these over the course of the season. Heck, he sat a game out due to these accumulations. He's just a little more aggressive. That was a BS call, if I do say so myself. But it was a very, very important call for San Jose because, like you said, Christian Espinosa had a beautiful free kick that looked like it might have went in the back of the net on its own. Nathan was there to just get a touch on it. Romero had some hands on it. And just like that, one nothing. And we said it, like you mentioned, early in the pregame show, we need to be careful with the set piece defense and the crosses and Christian Espinosa is a very dangerous player when practically just laying that ball floating it nicely to his teammates it was a heck of an opportunity and that Jesus David Maria foul you could give him the hockey assist because that's what led to Christian Espinosa
Bills' yeah. pass. That's what led to Nathan's goal. Yeah. And just like that, 11 minutes into the game, we find ourselves with our backs against the wall at PayPal Park getting smurfed by San Jose. Yeah, look, it was an early goal, and that hasn't been a harbinger of success for LAFC. They fall behind. They tend to stay behind. Let's flash forward to the 21st minute. Carlos Vela from Chicho Arango, an incredible centering pass, will give and go, and Vela got a touch on it. But Nathan, again, there goes that man again, sliding in the way to deflect it enough for JT Marchinkowski to corral it. But let's talk about... <laughs> Does it about... remind me of Mike Wazowski? I keep thinking Monsters Incorporated when you t- say <laughs> Marchinkowski's name. I don't know what to tell you. I thought he sounded like a fake character from the Gears of War series myself, personally. <laughs> but in the 23rd minute, Philly, we almost saw a moment of brilliance from one Carlos Vela as he knocks the ball off of JT Marchinkowski, who had come way, way out by the corner flag, picks it up real quick, puts it on the goal corner kick line, and almost with an Olympico, he caught JT off his line, but superior defending once again by San Jose, clearing it out. Nathan, man. And, and Philly. Nathan involved in the game again. Nathan's doing well, and it would be until the 28th minute, LAFC again finding itself on the wrong end of something that started with Jesus David Murillo. An awful giveaway, Philly, by Murillo. And the one guy you couldn't give it away to, Christian Espinosa. No, and it started with a with a long pass from, from Romero that ended up back. And, of course, it goes to the wrong person, the, the worst person on the darn pitch. It was a terrible header, a terrible giveaway. Christian Espinosa off to the races, makes a run down on the right side, and he cuts back to find Chuffis across the mouth of the goal for an easy put away. It is now 2 to nothing, San Jose. And, well, it's nervous time at this point. We are down 2 to nothing. got smurfed yet again by the Earthquakes. Yeah, Earthquake's clearly out on the front foot, pressing very high, 30th and 31st minute, more nervous time as it's Cade Cowell, the 17-year-old wonder kid. How the hell is that kid 17? I want to see his birth certificate. That dude is like Aaron Judge big, and he hasn't even... He, he hasn't even gotten to an age where he'd graduate high school. It's insane. Yeah, he's pre- he's a pretty big guy. He forces a corner after some good one-on-one defending by Modi. And, and 31st minute, another corner pushed away by Tomas for another corner. Back and forth, but it was San Jose controlling possession in the 34th minute, Philly. Another goal by San Jose, just narrowly avoided by LAFC. A corner for San Jose finds Nathan. There goes that man again. He's everywhere. Nathan doing everything he can. Nate the Great. But he blasted just over the bar. Field goal that would have made Vinatieri blush. Okay. Marchinkowski making a save on Vela there in the 35th after another good ball from Chicho. I'm disappointed in you, by the way. I gave you such a bunny, such a Patriots reference, and you didn't bite? I I gift wrapped that to you. I thought we would... That would have actually made me smile, believe it or not, hearing a reference to your favorite person of all time. I hand-wrapped, delivered, gifted Adam Vinatieri, a member of the Patriots. You say nothing about your boy? Really? I was letting it go because, I don't know, I was trying what is to... This, what is this reverse psychology? I was trying to not mention the fact that I got to watch Tom Brady at the Hall of Fame induction for Peyton Manning today. Okay, so, that's 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 what I was waiting for. I figured I, you would have harped on the fact that I referenced the Patriots I was player. watching it, yeah. Look, it was reverse psychology on me, defenders. I hate that he's so much smarter one of than my, I am. One of my favorite moments in all the Comedy Central roasts, by the way, I think it was Nikki Glaser who was commenting on how good of a quarterback 
Peyton Manning was when she <laughs> when she essentially called him the the Tom Brady of quarterbacks. That was, which <laughs> that was, that I, I don't was care what anyone monumental. has to say right there. That's pretty funny. I laugh at that every single time. But we saw Chicho getting a little bit more comfortable. Vela getting a great ball from Chicho there in the 35th minute. In the 36th minute, Chicho with the turnover off of San Jose, keeping JT Marchinkowski on his toes with a shot from the left side. And in that 36-minute Philly, we saw LAFC killer Jeremy Abobasi come into the game for Abikashis. That uh, I wasn't super happy to see Abobasi come into the match. to see him that early. But that being said... They even said it on the broadcast, by the way. Max Bredos mentioned this at halftime. Abobasi did not lead to San Jose playing much better. And sure enough, Philly, in the 39th minute, it was wonderful service off the corner by Carlos Vela. And initially, Philly, you and I thought Tristan Blackman got credit for it, but he didn't really celebrate all that much. So we had to go back to replay and it is the we didn't US, catch it right off the bat. We did though, not. None Kate of us Kopp did. had a rough reception. Yeah, no. And it was the U.S. men's national team player Jackson Ewell deciding to help out the away team with an own goal. And just like that, Philly, we are right back in it with about five, six minutes left to play in the half. And yet again, I want to congratulate Jackson Ewell on his hundredth cap. That's amazing. Of course, he he clearly wants to be on LAFC because he was our leading scorer for the entire rest of this match. Jackson Ewell with an incredible header, tricking everybody, including his own keeper, JT Marcinkowski. Thank you, Jackson Ewell. Happy 100. Welcome to the black and gold, despite the fact that you're still wearing blue and white. Yeah, look, just a couple of things. He smirked his own team there. Okay, just a couple of things that I want to touch on before we end the half. Thomas Romero needing to talk a little bit more there in goal. If you look at the 42nd minute, almost a more nervous time from Tomas Romero. And in the 44th minute, it was Brian Rodriguez, of all people, tracking back as a defender, which wound up being his best play of the match. Best play of the season. Yeah, I mean, right, he has barely gotten a lot of time. And Philly, that ends the half for us. We're down 2-1. The game's still out in front of us, by the way. Plenty to play for, but down 2-1 at the half. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned Brian Rodriguez because up to this point, we he didn't do anything. And Bob, on his press conference recently, said he wanted, what did they want out of Brian? We wanted we want him to make goal. We want him to score goals. We want him to get assists. We want him to be part of the match. Like, Brian Rodriguez, just still a frustrating player to watch, and he's clearly frustrated in his own abilities and the team clearly was frustrated because those are the only 45 minutes that Brian Rodriguez would play in. But before we get to the start of the second half, real quickly on the stat line, look, shots relatively even, 9-8 San Jose. Both teams had two on target. Possession the same, 51-49. Passing accuracy roughly the same. Chances created, two on San Jose. Corners, 4-2 San Jose. Fouls, San Jose was a little meaner than us, 7-4. Yellow card on each side. Yellow card on Murillo. Yellow card on Cade Cal for taking down Moon. And that's the stat line for the second half. Let's start up with the changes in the LAFC roster. Yeah, we're down 2-1. That's the stat that I cared about going into the second half. You mentioned it. Brian Rodriguez coming out for Diego Rossi. I don't know of any other Major League Soccer team that can bring a golden boot winner off the bench at halftime. Fascinating. And one of our favorite players over these last couple matches, Mamadou Fall, coming in for Murillo. Hopefully it's not an issue with his hamstring that was nagging him. And, and honestly, not a lot would happen for the first 10 minutes or so of the second half. It was Chicho Arango, Carlos Vela springing him with an absolutely beautiful pass. He's got to take that shot. But I think he had a little case of uh, of deferring to Carlos Vela a little bit too much. 
the there was a streaking Diego Rossi. There was a, a cross. <laughs> he it was kept his clothes on, is what you mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that play was. And in the sixty third minute, Jose Cifuentes coming out for Latif blessing, and you saw him kind of grab his hamstring a little bit, Philly, and that's not something that we can afford. More injuries on this club right now. We already know Eddie Segura out for the season, and obviously Mahala as well. But we can't afford any injuries, especially on the back line. Mario coming out early, and maybe in the midfield with Sifu coming out early. My goodness. And in the 65th minute, Philly, bottom line is Latif just blew this chance. Yeah, and he just getting back fresh from Ghana. He'd been gone for a couple of days. Latif blessing, inserting himself into the match, making some pretty moves inside of the box. And he was, what, six yards away from goal. He had Marcinkowski completely on the left side with a wide open. I mean, geez, three quarters of the length of the goal was wide open. And... I don't. Latif doesn't find himself in these positions very often, so perhaps you know he, he just got a little froggy, so he jumped the other way, the wrong way, the side that was closest to Marcinkowski, because JT was able to make a really, really easy save. Had Latif gone a few, just to the right, not by much, just to the right, he would have absolutely shredded through that San Jose back line, and he would have shredded through the back of the net. That was your equalizer. Latif, you almost had it. We don't blame you, but that was so darn close. Oh, I mean, we stared 2-2 right in the eye on that play. Look, uh, I'm going to save all of our listeners some suspense. After the 65th minute, LAFC was terrible. Simply terrible. You go back through the notes. You find any key plays. You rewatch the game. You let me know. I've got Raheem Edwards coming in on a sub. I've got... Musovsky coming in on a sub. I've got a yellow here. I've got a yellow there. I, they even had a scarf minute sub. Chris Wondolowski coming in in the 83rd minute for Jackson Yule. And then after that happens, a bunch of San Jose guys were on the ground wasting time. Nathan's suffering from the incurable disease of being a... We'll, we'll let you watch they, the last episode of Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Well, we had Jeremy Abobasi with a shot just wide in the third minute of stoppage. And then Philly, my wait, what moment of the match has to be the seventh minute of what was supposed to just be seven minutes of stoppage time with just all hell breaking loose by LAFC. You get the free kick that I love Jeremy Abobasi stands right in front of the free kick as they're about to take it. And the ball, he gets drilled from what, a foot and a half away. (laughs) And then you have... Latif Blessing and Paul Marie discussing dinner plans after the match. There aren't aren't that many good places in San Jose to eat, so they weren't sure where they were going. And I'm sorry, Raheem Edwards, you got to do me a quick favor. If you're going to sub into the match in the 68th minute, by the way, for Chicho Arango, who I thought played very, very good first game, if you're going to sub in, then you need to not argue with the referees for about four or five minutes. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I think, Philly, what we saw, because the game eventually ended after nine minutes of stoppage time, Philly, after the 65th minute, it was garbage for LAFC. But what we saw in those last three or four minutes, you tell me what you think, but what I feel like I saw, Philly, was frustration over the last, oh, I don't know, whole season's worth of games kind of boiling out onto the field at PayPal Park. No, I would agree. You forgot a really interesting thing that Raheem Edwards did in the 80th minute. 
He had a massive swing and a miss. So I just wanted to point out Raheem Edwards' uh, stat in, in, in the thank, game. Thank you. There, I really was thinking that for our wait, what moment you would have referred, if you watched the, the broadcast, if you would have referred to that <laughs> paper airplane that got launched onto the pitch, <laughs> I thought that was definitely a wait, what <laughs> moment. Who the hell still makes paper airplanes, let alone throwing them Listen, out Listen, the we field? make them at summer camp all the time. We have competitions and everything. Hey, I have no doubt that there might have been some campers at PayPal Park today. But yeah, I mean, the frustration was there. Latif Blessing getting into it with the San Jose Earthquakes. I mean, yeah, heck, he pushed down a player. I think it was Marie. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, he and Paul Marie got Yeah, Yeah, they, <laughs> dinner plans, you say. I love that. That's cute. Yeah, LAFC showed their frustrations. But like you said, the whistle blows. And, and here we are in a situation where we lose our third straight game. Game to San Jose. No pillage in Smurf Village. I don't even feel right calling them the Smurfs right now because at this point, we fell through the cracks. They were, without a doubt, the earthquakes. And now they are undefeated in their last seven games. San Jose getting things together while we're going the exact opposite direction of San Jose and the earthquakes. Unbelievable losing 2-1. to one. Ugh, Another disgusting loss. Yeah, look, it's been frustration season for quite a while. For LAFC, nothing more frustrating than losing to a team that has been our personal perennial doormats for quite some time. And Philly, look, bottom line is, at the end of the day, right, we've got some teams that are behind us, obviously, Dallas, San Jose, Salt Lake, Dynamo, Austin. The important thing to remember, the important thing to remember, I just want to, I want to give a glass half-full perspective before everybody burns the whole thing down. <laughs> and and look, I, I'm not saying I'm not in favor of burning the whole thing down sometimes. But as of right now, we are still above the playoff line, Philly. As of right now, we're sitting on 23 points. Portland has a game in hand, so they're ahead of us, also on 23 points in sixth position. And by the way, Salt Lake has a game in hand, and they're only on 21 points, so they could pass us. But either way, we are above the playoff line right now. Sporting, Seattle, Carson, Colorado, Minnesota, Portland, LAFC. I don't know how to feel right now, which is 16 games left in the season, but at some point, to quote the great Dennis Green, Hmm. we are who they thought we were. We are starting to become or starting to forge the identity this season of a frustrating middling team. I love being really, really good, and I actually would mind it less if we were really, really bad because it's it's far more of an indictment if we were the the Vancouver Whitecaps of the world, if we were the FC Cincinnati's of the world, if we were the Toronto FC's of the world, which is an awful, awful club toiling away in the East right now. But, you know, we're only, what, seven points or so away from the bottom, Philly? But that being said... We're only a solid run, only 11 points away from the top from sporting. We're in this weird limbo. We're not very good. We're sometimes bad, but you see the you see the, the glimpses of what we could be. Philly, what in the world is going on with LAFC right now? I mean, now? look, I don't know. We're 6-7 and 5 and and it, it just 
it just sucks. It, it absolutely sucks because this team could be so much better. Again, because of the fact that they create these freaking opportunities, but they can't execute to save their lives. Carlos Vela taking on a boatload of work on his shoulders. He hasn't been as effective. Yes, he has five goals on the season. Yes, he's the leading scorer on our team. But the leading scorer on a team that can't score more than two goals per game isn't really something to, to be excited about. But... Here's my version of the bright line. We're all fans of other teams in other leagues. Your Premier League, your Serie A, your Bundesliga, your La Liga, so on and so forth. Now, if we were playing a regular season in any one of those leagues, being in the position that we're in, I mean, it would basically, the season would be a wash. And what I mean by that is there's no trophy. There's no, there's no, obviously we don't have Open Cup. There are a version of a Champions League. There's nothing like that going on. Not Champions League, more like FA Cup. But there's nothing like that going on. We're not in a promotion relegation situation. But because this is Major League Soccer, we can still limp into the playoffs and get hot at the right time. Now, this isn't a team that's, that's gotten hot, period. But if they can manage to string back a couple of, a couple of victories getting closer and closer to Decision Day, which is on no- the first week of November, we might have a shot. Christian Arango clearly inserting himself in the lineup, playing well. He had more of an impact in, in, in this game in 65, 70 minutes worth of play than Brian Rodriguez had over the course of the past couple of games. So I see Christian as a bright spot. And I know there's people out there going defense why aren't you on the Bob out train? And we talked about that on 110 football. And I'll simply say this. If we fire Bob, which let me go on the record by saying I don't want to do. If we fire Bob, what's that going to mean? It's going to mean Kenny and, and Ante and, and the rest of our assistant coaches that are still be that are still there. One of them is going to take over as an interim. And you know what? They're probably not going to employ a brand new system right off the bat. They're going to kind of stick with what Bob had in place, which is basically everything that's going on right now. So there wouldn't be that much of a change. And that also would mean that you're subscribing to the idea that the season is over and that we might as well call it in and pack our bags and go and, and go somewhere. But the reality is, yes, we're the last team in in the playoffs. If things ended now, we would make it. We still have an opportunity to make a run. Firing Bob right now is not the answer. Maybe over the summer, maybe after next year, but certainly not right now. You fire Bob right now, the systems that are there are still going to be in place. They're not going to bring in a coach right off the bat. Heck, you said it earlier, and I want you to talk about it. Atlanta. Atlanta United, which some people could say is a gem in Major League Soccer, they can't even fill their coaching positions. They've had a tumultuous time since Tata Martino left to manage Eltree. Do you really think that Bob, Bob's departure is really going to help? And if so, who's going to be his replacement? And are they going to just create a new system and all of a sudden turn the ship around immediately and win MLS? No, it's it's a lose-lose to be completely honest with you on all fronts. And I mean, that's my take. Firing Bob right now is not the answer. And I stick with that. It's funny because that was my rant not too long ago on a couple of episodes ago. But you bring in or you bring up, excuse me, Atlanta United. That's our next match, by the way, on my dad's birthday. We've mentioned this two days after Philly's birthday on August 6th, August 13th. I turned Eldon Campbell. Is right. Is my dad's birthday on August 15th. And we actually travel to the East Coast for the first and only time this season to take on Atlanta United, who are currently sitting well outside the playoff number on 18 points in 10th place in the East. And there are some doormats in the East. And I'll say this, 
Atlanta's, they had as many wins as Cincinnati. Well, Atlanta's Lord. looking an awful lot more like a doormat than they are looking like a contender in the East. Yes, they still have Joseph Martinez and Brad Guzan and a bunch of other MLS Cup winning players from that team that won it all, I believe, in what was it, 2018. That being said, this is a get-right game for one of these clubs. Atlanta LAFC is going to be marketed by MLS as Joseph versus Carlos Vela. It's going to be marketed by MLS as the Dirty South versus the South Bay versus Los Angeles. And I can't wait to see what we do. The thing I love about Atlanta, you guys, is if there's ever been a club that draws fans and has an incredible fan base better than LAFC because we play in a 22,000-seat stadium, it's Atlanta United where they regularly get over 40,000 a game. And you better believe they're going to bring it when Los Angeles comes to town, like actual Los Angeles, this is going to be big. I can't wait to see how we do. Because to me, Yogi Berra has the quote that says, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Right? <laughs> For Yogi-isms. LAFC, this match against Atlanta, against a bottom-feeding, not-very-good Atlanta team, an Atlanta team that has only scored 21 goals on the season. Well, it's only three less than we've scored, but either way, 21 goals on the season. An Atlanta team that was the the darling of the soccer don, if you will, since they've come into the league. The East Coast version of LAFC. This is the team that we need to figure it out against. This is a team who is on their fourth coach since Tata Martino. That's crazy. This is a team that has been on a downward spiral ever since they won MLS Cup. Almiron's not walking through that door. Barco's leaving sometime soon. Miles Robinson has played really well, but Joseph has been a shell of himself. It has been a hot mess for the Atlanta United. And I'm only saying that knowing that it's been a hot mess this season, but not quite as dysfunctional for LAFC. So I personally, Philly, can't wait to see what happens on my dad's birthday, August 15th, two days after your birthday, August 13th, as LAFC travels to Atlanta on the 15th. And then, of course, we've got the match against Vancouver on the 21st. And then that is going to be it until the All-Star break, the 24th and 25th, the skills competition, the All-Star game. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Philly, what I'm hoping is that we can reel off a very small, very short, but very fun two-game win streak, Atlanta-Vancouver, heading into the All-Star break. I mean, that'd be fantastic because, like you said, the Galaxy are waiting in the wings for us, and they uh, they tied Vancouver today. I, I'm nervous about going to Atlanta because, well, the PTSD is still there from Season 1, 2018. The, uh, the last time we were there, that was the worst loss in LAFC history, and we're coming a week, not even a week off of our worst loss at Bank of California Stadium. Now, I don't envision that we would go down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and lose 5 nothing. By the way, they did beat Columbus 3-2 to today, the defending they did. champions. They did. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's their way of riding the ship, but Atlanta wasn't a very easy place for us. We're not going to be traveling, unfortunately. I would love to get down to Atlanta, get down to the Dirty Dirty and hang out and, and, and chillax and enjoy another beautiful city. But 
hopefully our boys will go. And a lot of 3252 people are going there, so obviously we're going to want pictures and all that other stuff. Yep. I, I hope we can go down there, like you said, string up a win there. Vancouver, I mean, I'm not going to even say Vancouver's an easy game. Look, there's no easy game with the way this team has been playing. Not anymore, but, you are correct. But again, um, I was wearing a lot of bright colored stuff today because I still feel that brighter days are ahead of us. And if I am naive, fine. Call me optimistically naive, idiotically naive, but if anything, I'm still going to be somewhat glass half full and optimistic because it's, well, it's a lot harder to be optimistic. It's so easy to be negative and angry. I choose to be happy and optimistic 11 out of 10 times if you have negativity is my other option. Look, I'm going to be optimistic, but I'm also going to be a little upset with the way that we're playing. I no, think we both, suck right now. I think both are Oh, okay. no, we suck again. <laughs> Reminds me of Wayne's World, the suck cut. Well, it sure does suck. <laughs> so, look, bottom line, though, we've got plenty of time. 16 games, everybody. Yeah, the window, the window of opportunity is getting it, slimmer and slimmer, though. It, it certainly is, but we're still above the playoff line. And, Philly, you mentioned it. All we have to do is get in. Yeah. Once we get in, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Look, we're really excited to be back on 110 Football doing the pregame and postgame for LAFC and for 110 Football for the Atlanta match. Then we're going to go down to the South Bay and celebrate my dad's birthday on yeah. the 15th. So that's going to be a lot of fun. want to give a quick shout-out to our buddy Vince for staying and hanging out with us today. And and I just I need to say one other thing too. We we talked about it, you know, kind of before the last match as well. But how cool was it seeing AFC Richmond all over Los Angeles these last couple of days? They're really pushing. It's only been nominated, guys, for twenty Emmy Awards. If you have it, only twenty. If you haven't started to watch Ted Lasso, look, it, just just do yourself a favor. Watch the first couple episodes. If you don't love it, you know what? Tweet us. You know, comment on Instagram, whatever. Say, hey, you guys are idiots. I don't ever want to watch Ted Lasso again. But if you love it, and you're going to love it. They're just going to call us idiots anyway. You're going to love it. Make sure you hit us up and let us know how much you loved it. We certainly love it a little bit more than the way LAFC has been playing lately. Thank you so much for listening to episode 160. Under an hour. of the bank. We'll be back for 161 in a week, August 15th, against Atlanta. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. I'll beat us in.